0: Well, with New Zealand surprisingly in lockdown, will the RBNZ still push ahead with its expected rate rise today? Well, we don't have long to wait to find out the answer to that one. But what about other central banks? As the recovery takes longer and COVID cases remain high, will it impact tapering and rate rises from the Fed and the RBA, for example? Confidence has certainly taken a hit this morning on the back of weaker-than-anticipated retail numbers out of the United States. It is all taking a lot longer than we expected. It's Wednesday, the 18th of August 2020, 21 it's the morning call from NAB good morning well, U.S. stocks have taken a hit overnight. The Dow and the S&P both losing 0.9%, a 1% fall in the Nasdaq. Tech stocks, banks, energy stocks all doing badly. Uh, defensive stocks doing a little better. Healthcare, consumer staples, utilities are where the money is heading, although uh, no one is faring that well today, it's fair to say. This fall in stocks, though generally not replicated in Europe, where the Euro stocks 50 is flat, the FTSE 100 is up 0.4%. The U.S. dollar is uh, up a bit more today, gaining half percent on the DXY. We've got big losses in the Aussie dollar dollar though down 1.2% uh, to 72.5 US cents the lowest this year the kiwi dollar now has almost caught up pace with the rising US dollar it was way back before the euro about half percent down the pound though has lost 0.8% and US bond yields well not really moving but New Zealand 2 year yields are down 15 basis points uh, that is really related to today's Big story, really, which is what happens with the RBNZ shortly. We'll get on to that in a second with Rodrigo Cotrill, He's here today from NAB in Sydney. Uh, Before we talk about uh, New Zealand, I mean, there is certainly a lot more pessimism around this week, isn't there? And and it's got worse uh, today. So we had Jerome Powell. He's probably not helped with his town hall meeting just now. Uh, He admitted the Fed's powerful tools have limitations, he said. We won't go back to a pre-pandemic economy in a hurry. Uh, but he hasn't ruled out uh, September tapering in all of this, has he? It looks like it might still go ahead. Um,
1: well, I, I suppose he didn't really explicitly talk about um, monetary policy as such. Uh, I think that um, many got caught up with the, his comments that, uh, you know, the pandemic and the Delta variant itself is still casting a shadow on economic activity. So he did sound a bit cautious in that regard. Um, and the uh, uh, I think, to be honest, the, the, the big moves in terms of uh, the equity market in the US and, and sentiment in general uh, came from from those softer than expected retail sales figures. Yes. So, but the interesting thing is that when you look at the numbers, sure, there there were weakness across the board um, from both the core readings and headline readings. Um, but it wasn't like a, a reflection of of you know what many thought would be from the from the drop in consumer sentiment. So. What we saw it was was a decline driven by uh, cars and used parts, and as well as the Home Depot, which is an interesting dynamic as well, which is uh, consistent with the weakness that we've seen in. In the housing market now, um, but it but in terms of the the ones that performed, uh, it was still you know clothing apparels and also mm. restaurants and people still going up.
0: Yeah, cars are such a large part, aren't they? I mean, they're about twenty percent of the index. So you take that out, and uh, the fall wasn't quite so bad, was but it? But it's still a fall, and and I suppose uh,
1: and I suppose that that's where the market got caught up. It's st- still a fall. And and many have argued uh, that uh the, the impact from sort of this COVID wave that we're seeing in the US is only really going to, to become apparent uh, on the consumer, particularly in going out, uh, in the August figures. Um so so I suppose it leaves the uncertainty there. Uh it, it just means that um you know for now The general theme from the past week or so is that U.S. data has shown weakness. Uh, You know, you think about the Citi Surprise Index is now gone into the negative territory. uh, And the data flow, you know, overnight, it's not just retail sales figures, but as we mentioned, the housing market is also showing a weakness, which is actually surprising because the market wasn't
0: looking for for weakness.
1: Um,
0: yeah. Uh, so it, it's placed- low. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean so- that so that and that's a confidence index, isn't it? The NHAB housing market index is really a, a confidence index. So yep. there's not a lot of com not, not a lot of confidence. I mean, there's still 75, a lot lower than it's expected. But anything over 50 is positive sentiment. So it's not it's not totally disastrous. But isn't a lot of this because of the cost of production? And and I wonder whether that's in retail sales as well that people are not buying stuff if they know it's going to be cheaper in the future because prices right now are temporarily inflated that's what i do i go i don't need it quite so badly i'll buy i'll buy next year when the prices have come down again yeah so
1: um you would think so but like for instance in the example of, of car sales what we did see in july is an increase in production of car sales so um so in that sense is a reflection of, of this big, big shortage of cars. And then now we're seeing more cars coming online or coming for sale. So prices are actually eased because of that as well. Um, but as you say, in the, in the building materials, the decline is a reflection that maybe people are just you know, giving up because house prices are so expensive, everything's become so expensive, and then you've seen a, a decline in demand there. Yeah, so
0: this is July over June for the retail numbers. Of course, Amazon's prime day, which is normally in July, I think, was in June this year, so that will have had a, 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 a an influence on those figures as well. So uh, inflation, though, so the Atlanta Fed's GDP now figure for Q3 has been pushed up to, uh, from 6% to 6.2%. So I mean that you know that could have an a, an ongoing influence as well if we, if we're stuck with this inflation uh, you know it, i mean it, it, it could slow the recovery down couldn 't
1: it yeah, I think the general feeling is this transitory rise in inflation is actually going to be a long transitory rise in inflation and and then the question is well to, to what point does it become a problem for, yeah. for, fed, uh, for for fed thinking and I suppose central bank thinking in general so for now, the general sense is that. The position, at least from the most influential members in the F- FMC, is that they see these as transitory. That we need to be patient.
0: Yeah, yeah we're I'm getting mixed views, though, aren't we? So, I mean, Jerome Powell was certainly making that those noises again uh, this morning. But we've heard from other members of the uh, of the Fed saying, "No, we need to act now. We need to start tapering uh, uh, and move towards higher interest rates in case uh, the recovery is faster than we anticipated uh, and inflation shoots up, and we don't want to get caught out."
1: Yeah, I suppose that the way we see it is that uh, there's, there's two decisions here to be made one is about tapering and, and that is a function of whether you see enough progress is being achieved um and at the moment the, the labor market data is has been pretty strong of late and the expectations that we will get another 950 sort of print in terms of payrolls uh, in, in august as well so um so in that sense the, the general feeling is that enough progress will be made in one month or two months' time and a taper announcement will, will follow very shortly. Um, so that's the one decision. But in terms of the, the issue of, of, or the decisions for rate hikes, I think that, and which is really the more important one, is about the, 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 the new mandate. And it's a new mandate about maximum employment, and as Fed Chair Powell highlights, you know, you, there's still a broad section of the, of sure. the, the, the economy or the labour market yeah. that, that needs to get, get on the labour market. Well, that and, would
0: suggest that they are not going to taper in a hurry, wouldn't it, while well, they try and conquer that problem? But I mean, the two are inextricably linked. I mean, you can't uh, int- raise interest rates until you have uh, finished off with your bond purchase. You can't run the two together. I and mean, we've got you know them being pulled in each direction on like that. So does that mean that the uh, the FRMC minutes, which are out this morning, are going to be particularly important? So we can see you know how those discussions have been going on
1: well my sense is that in terms of the tapering story we have a pretty good picture of where's everybody in terms of the fmc we know the hawks and we know the doves so to me it's, it's more about uh, any any sort of narrative about how long you think tapering is going to be because that will determine when the debate begins about rate hikes um, and any hints about the decision or the variables that will be important for determining that decision.
0: Right. Now, look, the RBNZ today, supposedly they're announcing a rate rise. But uh, the news overnight, of course, or yesterday, uh, was that uh, New Zealand are now in lockdown, originally over one case of the Delta strain. Now there's four more cases. And then add to that, of course, the, you know increasingly the strained relations we've been seeing with China lately. I mean, will the RBNZ really... Stick to its guns today and put rates up.
1: Uh, it's a difficult question. So um, it's it's certainly it's, it's fair to suggest that you know the, these developments um, give a lot of arguments for for the RBNZ to maybe wait out and see for at least for a month to see how things play out.
0: Yeah, um, it, comes no surprise, that, um, it comes as no surprise. It though, does it? That you know this was going to happen at some point. So I mean, surely they they're expecting that when they were talking about this happening. Yes.
1: Yes, but if you think about, for instance, the the tapering decision by the RBA, you will, you know, the the lockdowns were already taking place in in Australia, and yet mm. the RBA said, no, we're still going to do it because
0: yeah. central
1: so that- banks think about sort of the medium term, yeah. and from a medium term perspective or even longer term. The New Zealand story is that there's high levels of inflation. There's an overheating housing market. There's, yeah. You know, so there's plenty of arguments to start this so, tightening So you think they cycle. will then?
0: They'll push ahead with it today? It's not going to make any difference? Well, uh, it's the,
1: our, our said <laughs> colleagues thinks there's a good chance that they will go ahead, although they acknowledge that the fact that, you know, there's plenty of arguments to suggest you should uh, ease. They also point out that yesterday the finance minister actually said that it was important for the said to look at the medium term Mm. Um so, right. so, you know, overall, there's, they're, they're still sticking to the answer that a, a 25 basis right. point hike is, is more likely.
0: Right. OK. Um, so, so the same question in the, in the RBA supposedly set start to set tapering. Uh, well, maybe not looking at the minutes yesterday with that line, the board would be prepared to act in response to further bad news on the health front. Should that lead to a more significant setback for the economic recovery? Well, ov- I mean, that obviously is exactly what's happened.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. Although, interestingly, as well, they also noted that any shift in terms of the tapering decision really has an impact on the economy in 2022, and, and given the expectations that 2022 is going to be a good year in terms of a big, solid rebound, um, the bar for for you know reversing the tapering decision still seems. Uh, a, 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 a tall one in, in that sense. Uh, but certainly, we're not out of the woods yet. We still don't even know how long this is going to be. So therefore, um, that flexibility placed the view that if things were to deteriorate, they'll be able act. Well,
0: mixed them. news from the UK. If you want evidence that vaccines don't stop this thing completely in its tracks, they've got 77% of adults vaccinated, yet 170 people died from it yesterday, which is the highest level since March. Although, it's fair to say it's a gradual rise, and that is probably the sort of number that we have to have to live with. You know, it's like how many people die from flu. So I think is a similar number to that. We just have to have to get used to that. So that's the bad news, but maybe we shouldn't overreact to that. The good news for the UK a big leap in employment, 95,000 extra jobs, up from 25,000 new jobs in April. Uh, this, so this is May's figure It takes them a while to count them up, doesn't it? This is from May. Uh, but uh, furlough was starting to ease. People were getting back to work. So that's an encouraging sign. It is an encouraging sign.
1: Um, there's that sort of awareness that furlough is still there and, uh, and will we'll end by September. Um, so we, we won't have clarity, if you like, until we get through through, those, through that period. Um, but it was also interesting to see that there's a lot of, like in the US, there's nearly, well, nearly a million of jobs vacancies as well. So it plays to the view that the the, 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 U, the UK economy is reopening and and, the, and the, there's buoyancy in terms of labour market demand, um, which would should be enough to to support any fellow Activity or reversal, if you like, uh, once yeah. September ends.
0: Uh, the other bad news that's uh, around in Europe is that Abba might be getting back together again. I mean, haven't we suffered enough without that happening? Uh, the uh, <laughs> U.S. inflation, UK inflation data, I should say, is out later on this morning. Australia's wage price index, as well. Uh, you were mentioning before, you know, it, it, it wage price wages are going to be a significant factor in this uh, this inflation story. And in fact, they kicked up in the, a bit in those UK numbers as well today, didn't they?
1: They did, they did, and it's again a reflection of, um, you know, the, that that buoyancy in the labour market, but coming from from a, a challenging base, if you like, and and the same story in, in Australia, the expectation is for wage price index to, to 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 show an uptick. We were at 1.5 in Q1. Now expectations are that it will rise to 1.9, uh, but unfortunately, that that sort of improvement in wage prices in in Australia. Uh, are likely to be challenged in the second half of, um, or in Q3 in, um, because of the, the, the lockdowns that we are enduring at the moment. So, um, certainly an improvement in Q2, but, um, you know, that's sort of all story, if you like, because now we need to see, to what extent uh, the current lockdowns will affect the labour yeah, market.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other bad news for the UK is that uh, they're losing the uh, BHP dual listing uh, in London as it all comes back to Sydney as uh, part of Mike Henry's master plan. Uh, so, geez, it's been a busy day today, hasn't it? Uh, we'll leave it there for now, though. Good to talk Rodrigo. Uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Chat soon. And Cheers. that's it. That's the morning call for this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you again tomorrow morning. If you haven't already had the jab, get it. See you tomorrow.